Hello and welcome to the Bundaberg Now podcast. I'm Dana Magakis from Bundaberg Regional Council. This week, on Tuesday the 23rd of June, we commemorated the 20th anniversary of the Children's Backpacker Hostel Fire. And today, we'll hear an excerpt from the memorial video created for the event. We'll also hear about what's happening on the local foodie scene in place of Taste Bundaberg Festival, learn more about how you can get involved with the Bundaberg Jobs Commitment, and step back in time for the history of the Bundaberg Post Office. But first, here is Michael Gorry with the news headlines. Thank you, Dana. The 20th anniversary of the Childers Backpacker Hostel fire was commemorated on Tuesday, 23rd of June. The fire was deliberately lit and claimed 15 young lives. Plans for a major memorial event had to be curtailed because of COVID-19 restrictions. Instead, people silently paid their respects, including Mayor Jack Dempsey and Deputy Mayor Bill Trevor, who laid a wreath on behalf of the Bundaberg region community. In happier news, members of the Australian Sugarcane Railway are looking forward to letting off a little steam this weekend. Their popular steam train rides through the Bundaberg Botanic Gardens will resume on Sunday. The first run will be at the earlier time of 9am, going through until the last train at 3.30. Congratulations to local Indigenous woman Christy Dillon, who has begun a PhD in marine research at Central Queensland University. Christy has overcome adversity to raise a family and complete further study after the loss of her husband in 2013. Her research will focus on restoring native seagrass. On Tuesday, June 30, Bundaberg Regional Council will deliver its annual budget for the coming financial year. The special budget meeting will begin at 9am and be live-streamed online. We'll have budget reports in next week's podcast. Back to you, Dana. Thanks, Michael. Now, here's Colin Santa Catarina, former captain of the Childers Auxiliary Firefighters, who shares with us his reflection of the tragic event of the Childers Backpacker Hostel Fire. 20 years ago. The night of the fire, I was captain of the Childers, Childers Auxiliary Firefighters. That means I'm in charge of the Childers station. And at the night of the, my, uh, my role was uh, just search and rescue. I don't know what time it was. We got a page on our page system that there was a fire at the Childers Backpackers. Yeah, I got out of bed and came out of the station, which was just up behind the council chambers. I actually drove past the backpackers hostel here and saw nothing because it was so foggy. I saw some people walking around but I just thought they were getting up and going to work. And then we got to the station, got dressed and we were told that there was a fire at the backpackers. We were right to the fire. It was a going going fire which means it was virtually fully involved. and our procedure is uh, life, property and environment, so we proceeded to search the building for people to get all them out first and then extinguish. And on arrival we saw, I think about 23 people up on the building, up on the roof, on the butcher shop awning there and they couldn't go any further because of the power lines, so we put up a ladder. One firefighter went up and got them down. You couldn't actually get in there because it was just too hot, too dangerous. We'd been in there before at the bottom level, but yeah, yeah, all our helmets started to melt and <laughs> so it was our well, boss told us to get out. When that was over, we went into extinguish mode 
and then we just yeah, took a while for Bundaberg crew to get, get over here because it was so foggy. They were down to, I think, about 30 or 40 kilometres an hour. So it took them a while to get here, but yeah, we had backup coming from Bundaberg. We had a job to do. Uh, we'd done it to the best of our ability. And uh, yeah, it hasn't affected me. And some of the firefighters that were there, we got a good good thing in the fire service where you can get peer support. That's other firefighters come in and they're, they're trained and you have a talk to them. And, and yeah, and they know what you're going through and you know you want, yeah, yeah, you know what they're, they're all about, so, so it makes it easier and we had good support that way through the fire service. Thank you, Colin, for that powerful reflection. Now, I'll hand over to Sue Ann Chapman, who's joined by Kylie Lane, to discuss some delicious content with us. Thanks so much, Dana. Hello, my name is Sue Ann Chapman. I look after the tourism and events portfolio at Bundaberg Regional Council. And today I have a very special guest with me, Kylie Lane, who works in our events unit and has been with us for a couple of years now. And Kylie and I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about our wonderful food and drink that we have in the region coming off what should have been quite a special week, Kylie. Welcome. Thank you, Sue Ann. Yes, we should have actually been celebrating the Taste Bundaberg Festival, but unfortunately, due to the COVID restrictions, we've had to put that on hold for this year. But we are all ready to cook up a storm with some great ideas for the 2021 event. Fantastic. Now, you have a rather long list in front of you, which I'm very excited to hear about. Tell us a little bit about where we can eat, drink and be merry. Okay, absolutely. Well, there are so many options um, within our region and to get out and about to enjoy our amazing winter weather and divulge in our abundant local produce. So a couple of the places we've found that are ready to welcome you with open arms uh, HSG at the Gardens and H2O Restaurant are offering exclusive dining experiences amongst beautifully landscaped gardens or overlooking the Burnett River. Restaurants and cafes, including Water Street Kitchen and the Windmill at Bagara, have been offering their takeaway options filled with local produce, but both are ready to welcome you back for dining when you're ready. Ahana Winery and the Brew House for some drinks options have reopened after undertaking renovations during the downtime and they're ready to serve you a cold brew. Whilst Bundaberg Brew Drinks have not yet reopened to the public, they have expanded their production line to include their famous Bundaberg ginger beer in cans. Bundaberg Rum remains closed, but their gift shop is open, so there's no excuse to miss out on a wonderful souvenir of some local spirit. In our main street, in Bourbon Street, Aloysius Delicious have expanded to allow for social distancing measures. They have an inviting new street entrance to their shop front, which complements the adjacent recently rebranded Street Bean Cafe. The Club Hotel, Spotted Dog Tavern, the Brothers Club and many others have all reopened their doors ready to welcome you back. If you're chasing healthy, fresh ingredients to make your own tasty options to feed the family, keep in mind that the Lettuce Patch are offering free packed produce boxes for sale, or you can create your own custom order, and One Little Farm have an abundance of fresh produce and flowers for sale. Giles Herb Farm have single bunches of herbs available to enhance your favourite recipes, or for something really quirky, you can have a herb bouquet delivered to a special friend. A herb 
bouquet. It's that sounds an amazing idea. That and sounds smell lovely. Ah, oh, and there was a really interesting statistic about the produce in our community. Absolutely, Sue Ann. So. 25% of Australia's fresh produce is grown right here in the Bundaberg region. So that's everything from sweet potatoes, avocados, we're coming into blueberry season, strawberry season. Yes. That's an amazing statistic. Yep. Everything from A to Z, basically, avocado to zucchini, we grow it. Wonderful. So something that's not quite fresh but just as sweet and delicious... Macadamia's Australia for a nice little treat to munch on with lots of options that they have available out there. So pop in store and grab yourself a treat. And on sweet things, while we're talking about that, the strawberry season has begun, you're correct. Magara Berries Fruit and Veggie Market and their adjoining Artisans 4670 Markets have reopened and they stock delightful locally made homewares and gifts. You can also grab fresh strawberries out at Tina Berries and their ice cream is available every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> if you're heading north, Triple S Strawberries Shop is also now open and pick your own patches usually commence in August. So stay tuned for that announcement. And to finish off on the sweet things, Cha Cha Chocolate is currently in the process of moving to a new shop front in Bourbon Street and it will be twice the size of the current location. But Mel promises us that she will keep all of her specialties treats in stock and the shop will maintain its amazing feel when you walk in there. That is fantastic news. Now, what if I can't be bothered driving around and finding all of those places? Is there an option for me? Absolutely. So you can jump on board a Bundy food tour with Susie Clark. And there are self-drive itinerary options available in our region as well. If you do want to make your way around to the farm gate stalls to stock up on all your fresh goodies. Yum. And you can find some of those self-drive itineraries on the Bundaberg Tourism website, which is bundabergregion.org, and do a search for farm gate hotspots. Well, I definitely have quite a few places that I need to be exploring over the next week and coming months, especially as uh, COVID restrictions ease and uh, we can start getting back out there, getting social, engaging with our family and friends and eating all of our beautiful local produce. Kylie, Absolutely. thank you so much for joining You're us welcome. today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Today, I'm joined by Amber Luter, who works in Council's Economic Development Team, and she's here today to tell us a little bit more about the Bundaberg Jobs Commitment that we spoke about with Ben last week. So Amber, what employer-led opportunities are facilitated through this program? Hey Dana, thanks for having me. Um, there are actually quite a few. Some employers have chosen to come into schools to speak about their career journeys and to give some advice on how best to prepare yourself for entry into the workforce. We've had some incredible speakers so far who have had the most eclectic career journeys. It's really fascinating to listen to. As the program continues, other opportunities like industry evenings, work experience opportunities and site tours of local businesses will be offered to students as part of the commitment, which will give students a valuable insight into what is realistically involved in a chosen industry pathway. Which industries around our region have been involved so far with the Bundaberg Jobs Commitment? 
So as Ben uh, kind of alluded to last week, we've had a great community sentiment generated through this program. And as a result, we've had a wide range of industry representatives who are keen to be involved and shine a light on their industry. We have people in agriculture, multimedia production, engineering, the defence force, tourism and events, project management, accounting. How much time do you have, Dana? (laughs) Of course, the team here in economic development wanted to be involved as well. Lovely. It sounds like you've got a great array of industries from across our region to be involved. Did you find that the program had to adapt due to the interruption of the COVID-19 pandemic? Yes, definitely. I think I think most things definitely did. Due to government restrictions, we couldn't facilitate employers going into schools to speak on the commitment, so we had to adapt using technology by recording videos in the interim. We've been able to build up quite a comprehensive library of videos which can be accessed by schools within the Bundaberg region upon request. However, now with restrictions beginning to ease, we've been able to bring back the jobs commitment in its original format while working with schools individually to ensure we're still adhering to Queensland health guidelines. Great. I'm sure you're keen to get back into those schools and keep this going. So Amber, if a business or industry representative listening wanted to get involved with the Bundaberg Jobs Commitment, who should they get in contact with? I would be probably the best point of contact and I'm more than happy to answer any calls or emails regarding to the program. You can contact me through Council's Call Centre at 1300-883-699 if you wish to learn a little bit more about the commitment. But if you want to know some more first, you can jump onto the Bundaberg Regional Council website and search for Bundaberg Jobs Commitment in the search bar. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Amber, about this great initiative. And finally today, we're stepping back in time to learn about the history of the Bundaberg Post Office with Dave Bung-Yong, a retired Australia Post employee. When I started in 1960, in actual fact, um, I saw the changeover from um, the old telephone exchange and the plug-in exchange to the automatic exchange. And um, I was one of the first to be trained on the exchange. We used to start work at uh, 10 o'clock at night and finish at 7 in the morning. We used to have... um, uh, telegrams uh, and phonogram operators used to take the uh, messages over the phone and then they'd relay them to the teleprinter and um, the telegraphist used to send them off. I was only telegram boy then, yeah. Uh, push bike all over Bundaberg, old brown uniform and with a cap. They used to have a person booking you out and used to say, oh, you know, go to, um, or go to Perry Street and um, and he'd say, oh, that'll take you uh, 15 minutes or something like that. And he'd write it in. But, and then they'd write back when you got back in. But it never ever, I don't think anyone ever got any strife or anything like that. I, I locked the passport when it got into passports. Not so much when we moved in the electronic area. You know, when we, when we um, used to just serve your postage stamps out of, a, out of a folder and things like that. Now you've got to put it through FPOS and things like that. Oh, I thought, oh, I'm not going to do that. But uh, in the end, you had to do it. And um, no, it worked out good. There was a big change, a big change when um, electronic services took over. Um, but uh, everyone handles them, uh, I think. You get well trained. Well, it is a special place. It's, um, it's very well known for its historical uh, significance. A lot of people meet there. In the old days, we used to work seven days a week on the Saturdays too, and Saturdays was always a busy day. Oh, I think it was the biggest joint in town. <laughs> um, no, if ever you say, oh, I'll meet you in town, oh, well, I'll meet you at the post office, you know, it used to be always nearly 
Well, I even said that when I went out on Saturday nights and things like that myself. <laughs> Meet you at the post office. Thanks, Dave, for sharing that rich history with us. That's all for today's program. We hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for more news and stories from our wonderful Bundaberg region. Bye for now.